0: Good evening, friends, and as always, welcome back to another exciting episode of Red Pill News Live. Tonight's show almost didn't happen, but I have too many very important stories I wanted to make sure I brought to you, not the least of which is the defection of one Tara Reed. Ask yourselves a question. How many of Donald Trump's floozy fake rape accusers ever felt that their lives were in jeopardy such to the point that they felt it necessary to defect to probably the most hated nation on earth i'll answer that for you there are none because every single woman who accused donald trump of raping her was getting paid off by the dnc or act blue some form of payoff, book deals, appearances, brand and merchandising deals. But Tara Reid, after coming forward, had her life destroyed by Joe Biden. And she's openly discussed her fear of losing her life. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a whole host of other subjects Looks like we finally have some concrete information on what happened to Jamie Foxx and a whole bunch of other celebrities as well. So do me a favor. I'm going to need you guys to sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we're going to be right back after a very special message from the sponsor of today's program, and that would be, and I want to thank everyone for supporting this show directly. Also, over on Ko-Fi, I had a message from someone who had supported the show a couple of days ago. And I had missed it, wanted to make sure that I addressed it and said thank you. And here it is. Uh, this is a message from LightRay. Uh Lightray had said, Hi, Zach, I wonder about the prison system who owns, operates, profits and manipulates by letting people in and out. This is a rabbit hole we need to investigate. No one mentions it as a covert operation. Let's dig. You know, I guess I've always thought of it as a uh, a, a private money laundering system. You know, I mean, it allows for the creation of the criminal element, uh, basically schooling people and how to be the best criminals possible. And then, of course, it's a revolving door after people become criminals, get caught up in the system and then end up back in prison, uh, where over and over again, uh, they are forced into these very high recidivism rate. uh, And then also, if uh, they don't end up back in prison, then generally they end up back on the streets. We're going to talk about some cases of that happening today. Actually, you know what? Why don't I just go ahead and bring that up right now? This is actually an update On a story I brought you yesterday in regards to the bus driver who thought quickly and was able to save himself and all the other passengers on the bus. Let's take a look here. So it turns out that the gun-toting passenger was actually a 15-year-old youth named Baby K. Baby K has been arrested for attempted murder, uh, and, uh, he's been running, uh, for the last month, I guess. Um, this is, uh, oh, you know what? Hold on. This is a different. Bus shooting. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. This is a totally separate bus shooting. Apparently, these kids are just going ham on the buses nowadays. But either way, everything else is the same. Uh, We have an attempted murder. He ran. He was on the run for a full month there in Prince George's County, Maryland. Uh, A total of four teens aged 14, 15, three boys and a girls, which were the alleged masterminds, have all been arrested in the attack on the student. And uh, apparently, they boarded the bus. With Baby K wielding a large handgun that he fired several times at the intended victim, the gun misfired, and then K and the other two suspects beat and pistol-whipped the victim instead. Every single one of those subjects are going to be charged as adults. Uh, However, because they are minors, they're not going to be revealing them uh, to the general press. And uh, in a story that follows along perfectly with that... Uh, You may have heard about the tragic attack of a uh, trio of Marines in California, and for some reason that one is not showing up for me, so let me go ahead and uh, pull it up here. Anyways, uh, there was a group of 30-some-odd high school kids who were lighting off fireworks on the beach, uh, and apparently they were firing them in the direction of these three Marines who were on leave, and they were just trying to enjoy their time off. Uh, So rather than be polite about it, when the Marines came over and asked them to stop firing them in their direction, uh, this pack of wild dogs in the form of uh, high school students, they brutally attacked this group of Marines and they proceeded to pummel them, uh, kick them in the head, kick them in the groin, kick them all about the body uh, as they lay helpless and prostrate on the ground. Now, as a result of using their feet while these gentlemen were incapacitated uh, on the ground below them, uh, these children are going to be charged with enhanced charges. They're going to be charged as adults, uh, and it looks like they are going to be charged with uh, a, a uh, what is it, um, assault with a deadly weapon, assault with a deadly weapon. And for some reason, I can't find the story. I don't know where it went. It was, it's missing from my notes, but that's the gist of it. Uh, This is an extension of what we've seen taking place in today's public school system, Uh, the glorification of violence, the glorification of hedonism, uh, the removal of God and faith, uh, the removal of the parental units from the nuclear family, uh, the programming in place by the mainstream media and the uh, popular television programs that are out there playing to kids on a daily basis. All of these things together have uh, essentially created a society of ne'er-do-wells, and America is in a very precarious situation right now. Uh, this is actually a brand new story that just came out as I was uh, getting ready for tonight's show. Uh, James O'Keefe, former CEO of Project Veritas and founder of Project Veritas, has just been sued by his former organization. Allegedly, they claim he has breached his contract, and there are additional other claims uh, after he was removed from the company board. This was filed on Wednesday in the Southern District of New York. Uh, and uh, of course, we know that James O'Keefe was shoved out of Project Veritas. Now, uh, as James said it, you know he was essentially iced out. Project Veritas said that he quit And when I reported on this initially, people were bristling at the idea that I said that he had resigned. I mean – They took away his position as CEO, but they didn't fire him. That's the the rub right there, and that's why you have to get into the specifics of this, especially when it comes to contract law. So because they stripped him of any power, because they stripped him of any duties, but they left him in a sort of state of limbo where he just existed within the company with nothing to do, uh, when James O'Keefe left, he resigned his position voluntarily, and he said, I'm walking away. I'm not going to do this now you you may not like that but that's the way it looks in a court of law clearly james o'keefe was shoved out of project veritas what they did to him was designed to force him to leave in the way that he did. I've seen it happen in corporate America on many different occasions. When a company doesn't want to fire someone because if they fire them, they'll have to pay them unemployment, or they will offer they will be forced to offer them some type type of a separation bonus, or you know some reward. I guess is the the, the easiest way to say it uh, for someone being fired the company will do everything in their power to ensure that you leave the company voluntarily, that it's unequivocal that you quit and that they didn't fire you because that's what goes down on paper. That's what gets reported to the state. And that's what matters when they get to uh, some type of litigation that might happen. Now, Since James O'Keefe left, since they didn't uh, keep him in some sort of binding contract to allow him to remain at Project Veritas, and it doesn't sound like any sort of contract has been made public, I wonder what contract it is that they're claiming that he actually violated. Um, What they say here in the uh, the suit – is that uh, being known as the founder of an organization does not entitle that person to run amok and put his own interests ahead of the organization. Okay, so perhaps they're saying that this is for behavior that took place in the midst of his employment at Project Veritas. Board members became aware of serious allegations. Yes. okay, so if you remember at the time that uh, they stripped James O'Keefe of his power, uh, they uh, they also put out a, a list of uh, kind of like a, a bullet point of things that they said James O'Keefe had actually done. And, and I have to be honest, as a business owner, I mean, all of that stuff can be easily explained away. You know, it, It's like when the IRS – we're going to talk about taxes again. When the IRS wants to come after you, they can twist your actions. They can twist your deductions. Uh, if you don't have your records like perfect, they can use anything against you. And mind you, they will. Also, somebody in the comments said something yesterday. I I love you, too, brother. I wasn't suggesting that there should be no taxes. Obviously, government has to fund itself in some fashion. But I think that government is far too bloated. Uh, We have redundancies between the federal and uh, state jurisdictions. And we do not need income taxes. Uh I live here in Florida. There is no state income tax. That's a far cry from what happened when I lived in Michigan, where there was a state income tax. And believe me, they would come after you for all you had. Uh also, uh the uh the, the idea of uh taxes at the federal level for income, I, I think that That's ridiculous. Uh, The United States was able to sustain itself uh, with perhaps, you know, import and excise taxes and interstate commerce taxes and sales tax. I mean, there's a number of different taxes that make sense that would allow the government to fund itself. But right now, none of that is actually funding any of it because they print money and then they use that to pay off the debt and they're accruing interest the entire time. They take our tax dollars, they pay off a small portion of that debt just so that they don't default and then they print more money and then they send another $300 million over to Ukraine. So here are the claims that Project Veritas says that James O'Keefe engaged in. Number one, soliciting or contacting plaintiffs, donors, employees, or contractors. So that sounds like perhaps when James O'Keefe left to create OMG, uh, he probably went back to his former network to see if anyone would rather support him. Uh, than continuing to support Project Veritas. I don't know about you, but I I canceled my Project Veritas uh, subscription and I canceled uh, my email notifications for them uh, quite some time ago. Uh, Disparaging plaintiffs. I haven't heard James O'Keefe come out and say anything specifically disparaging about Project Veritas when an employer uh, pushes you out of the company you created, I think that you as an American have the right to use your freedom of speech to discuss your feelings about that. As it stands, Project Veritas is a public entity, okay? People know about Project Veritas. They have been written about extensively. James O'Keefe is just one man. I I feel that uh, it, it doesn't, it, it, they're gonna have a hard time proving damages because Pro, uh, James O'Keefe, quote, disparaged them obtaining using or disclosing plaintiff's confidential information so what is that the the uh the uh, uh credentials the the names and and contact information of people who work at project veritas or are they trying to say like the organization itself and then keeping and failing to return plaintiff's property um what was it did did are they going to say that he forgot to give back a, a zip drive or something like that i don't know uh obviously this is a a breaking story information is soon to come out and uh i think that this is a last desperate effort of a, an organization that is failing because of their own hubris they thought they could do it without james o'keefe and what they failed to realize is that James O'Keefe was the heart and soul of Project Veritas, and they have lost all their goodwill with the public. Uh, It's a shame because Project Veritas has done great work since James O'Keefe left probably releasing stories that were being worked on under the term of James O'Keefe. I actually have a new Project Veritas whistleblower who's going to be on the show this weekend, uh, but I'm not even going to bill him as a Project Veritas whistleblower. He's just a pedo hunter. His name is Ryan. He's a great guy. I can't wait to talk to him. All right, so let's get into the big, big story of the day. Uh M the Painter agrees with me. Very small amount of tariffs. It's all it's needed. If you end the Fed and go back to the original design, I completely agree with you. Thank you very much. Ha. And then Porpoiseful says, hi, Zach. Thank you for all your great work. Thank you very much, Porpoiseful. I, to be truth be told, I have a migraine right now. But like I said, there were just too many things that I wanted to make sure I talked about today. Uh, Shonjo, thank you very much for that cookie as well. I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, also Project Veritas. Yeah, Project Veritas was the beginning of the boycott season. Isn't that funny? That's right. I forgot. <laughs> oh, it's very, very true. Very, very true. All right. So Tara Reid. Tara Reid is uh, probably the, the one of the most credible witnesses. Uh, to suggest wrongdoing at the hands of Joe Biden as anybody that has come forward thus far. You know, we've had a a number of government officials, people who have said, hey, you know, the Bidens were paying to play. The, you know, Hunter Biden is corrupt, the Biden crime family, all that stuff. Well, you know, all of that stuff is fine and good. But uh, unfortunately, that's how Washington works. Uh, Not saying it's right, not saying I don't want those people to pay for it, Uh, But I think that the people of Washington, D.C. look at the information coming out about the Bidens and they're like, so what? You know, we don't care. We're just going to keep doing what we do because we don't care about you. We care about ourselves. We care about our bank accounts. We care about our criminal family dynasties and we care about our lobbying friends. Those are the people that we care about. So you can come at me all day. Telling me about how corrupt we are, but we are not going to do a damn thing about it. And there's nothing you can do about it. That's the attitude they have. Well, but when it comes to raping a woman, uh, especially in the midst of the Me Too in the Time's Up movement, uh, and now, isn't it funny how all that's uh, uh, kind of uh, uncharacteristically fallen by the wayside? You never see anybody saying Me Too or Time's Up anymore. It was like a fashion fad for a while there. Salty Zero says here is five Federal Reserve notes for you, Zach. Please spend wisely. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, what was I saying? Uh raping a woman. Yeah, just about the worst thing you can do. Uh, I don't care if uh if you're a Republican or a Democrat, if you are legitimately a rapist, uh, then you're the scum of the earth. You you deserve to uh, you know be drawn and quartered. Have, have your uh, uh, nuts tied up with uh, with, with, with a, a lasso and hung from a tree. I don't know. Think of something just awful that you could do to somebody like that. Well, uh, Tara Reid had a, a very believable, a very heartfelt example of her assault at the hands of Joe Biden. And if you'll remember, I believe it was like a month ago or so. Uh, She had put out a tweet suggesting that if anything happened to her, if she, uh, you know, happened to die, uh, then it wasn't at her own hand. It would have been at the hand of Joe Biden. Now, that is a stunning, stunning admission coming from a woman who already made uh, credible claims against the current resident of the United States of America. So imagine What the Bidens have done over the years to keep themselves in power, to uh, stop people from exposing them. If you think that the Biden family hasn't killed anyone, then, you know, I just refer you to the Clintons. Okay, like that's also how things are done in Washington, D.C. Problems go away uh, because they've got the feds working for them. They've got the CIA at their back and call. Heck, they can probably call their boys at Mossad. Get them to come over here. It doesn't matter if it's Purim. We need this person murdered. That's what happens with these people. They are seriously sick. They are the scum of the earth. So I don't blame Tara Reid. Uh, And as a result of those fears, she has announced that she is defecting to Russia. Now, Russia is probably the only safe place you could go on planet Earth where the United States could not come and get you if they wanted to assassinate you. So I understand. Um, However, this causes a couple complications. First of all, Tara Reid announced this on a Russian state media program where she was being interviewed by Maria Butina. You may remember Maria Butina. As a subject of the Mueller investigation, Uh, she had uh, been the subject of U.S. sanctions, uh, and uh, she is uh, not very popular among the D.C. elite. But she appeared on this program, and Tara Reid said, I'm still kind of in a daze a bit, uh, but I feel very good. I feel very surrounded by protection and safety, and I just really appreciate Maria Butina and everyone who's been giving me that at a time when it's been very difficult to know if I'm safe or not. Honestly, I mean, uh, she must be in a tizzy. She has given up her life here in America. She's run away to Russia because Russia is a safe haven for someone who has information that could bring about the downfall of the current resident of the United States of America one of the worst political criminals that I can possibly imagine now she actually did take questions while she was there at this event with Putin and uh, she bashed the US position of arming Ukraine following Russia's invasion. She also blamed the United States for the Nord Stream pipeline, obviously, you know, based in Red Pill. She she knows, we know, everybody knows. She said, it's very sad that America chose the wrong side of history. Uh, And she described her visit to Moscow as breaking impressions. The food tastes so good. There's no chemicals. There's no GMOs. I'm just, I'm just giving you, I'm not just giving you a smoke screen. She then said, if she could go back to the US, if Biden is replaced, that she would go back. Uh, wasn't sure if she would go back, but she expressed doubts uh, that he makes it to run again. <laughs> not going to make it. I'm not sure if the new president will change anything for me. I, I have lawyers working right now to figure out what, that because of some of the cases are sealed that are against me. Uh, so I don't know what they have in mind. But I do know that this, unfortunately, the DNC is quite corrupt. And unless that's dismantled, taken down, I'm not sure things will get better. So. What is the complication for this? Well, uh, Tara Reid's uh, movement to Russia removes her presence from any ongoing investigations into Joe Biden here. And I knew that as soon as she had announced that she was going to Russia, uh, that the Biden White House would position her as a lifelong Russian spy. And that appears to be exactly what happened today when a White House reporter was asking about Tara Reed's defection. She seemed to insinuate that Tara Reed was, in fact, a Russian asset. And of course, you know, believe all women unless unless you were raped by a Democrat and then you don't get believed at all. Uh, look at Bill Clinton. Uh, yeah, but nobody took uh, the, the the rape claims against Bill Clinton seriously, except for the people in the truther community. Uh, nobody took Tara Reid's claims of sexual assault by Joe Biden seriously, except the people in the truther community. The government, they didn't bat an eyelash. The feds, they didn't seem to care at all. And of course, you know, Bill Clinton makes people take dirt naps. Now, the fake news media launched upon this opportunity to suggest that Tara Reed had been a long time Russian asset. She Uh, CBS News' Nancy Cordes had asked John Kirby – you know John Kirby. He's the uh, State Department spokesperson – asked about Tara Reid. She said she announced yesterday she is seeking citizenship in Russia and feels safer there. Does the White House have any reaction that the announcement given the accusations she's made about him? And does the White House believe her allegations were motivated by her allegiance to affinity for Russia? Uh, It's so ridiculous To imagine that Tara Reid might be a Russian asset. Let me just tell you why. And we're going to go hang on. We're going to go to this one over here. Let me tell you why. Story time. Since the moment Tara Reid brought forth her accusations against Joe Biden, she's had every element of her life picked over. The Biden regime essentially thought to destroy Tara Reid. Uh, They wanted to destroy her career. They wanted to destroy her life. They wanted to destroy her relationships. Uh, Certainly, they wanted to discredit her. uh, And uh, they made sure that the media and the press would not take her allegations seriously, uh, which, of course, allowed Joe Biden to just do whatever the hell he wanted to do, whether it was, uh, you know, farting and chewing gum at the same time or uh, falling asleep at luncheons for European dignitaries. But either way, uh, Tara Reid's entire life was already looked at by the mainstream media. Do you honestly believe that if she was a Russian asset, uh, that that the uh, the government and then the press would not have already known about it? Uh, Don't you think that as soon as Tara Reid said, Joe Biden raped me, that the feds immediately started looking into her life and saying, where can we pick this woman apart and how can we destroy her? You better believe they did. And if they would have found anything like that, they would have given it right over to the mainstream media. And it would have been front page news at CNN and MSDNC and all the others. Uh, but that didn't happen because Tara Reid is an American. She was born in America and uh, she had the unfortunate luck of working as a Senate aide for Joseph Robinette Biden, where he raped her, raped her in the halls of Congress. So, Joe Biden, you RA Peace. Uh hang on. Why am I not seeing the foxhole chat on there? Okay. Copy. There we go. Okay. a uh, couple of things I see over here. First of all. Yeah, Spike, the Russia Russia isn't the bad guy. You know, that's the thing. They're, they're not the bad guy. But NATO needs a boogeyman uh the united states needs a boogeyman think about it uh for for many years it was straight up communism uh communism was going to end and so what did they do uh they brought in the war on drugs well then you know the cia was profiting handily from that but we needed something else and so then they brought in the war on terror uh and then they brought in the war on russia And they needed to create Russia as this uh, larger than life character on the world stage, uh, a nation that could be a successful foil for the United States of America. I think that, you know, if you go back and look at Barack Obama's time in office, I mean, it's clear that no matter what barbs were being traded in uh, the foreground, um, Barack Obama and Vladimir Putin had a working relationship behind the scenes. You know, perhaps Russia benefited from the antagonistic relationship with the United States as much as the United States benefited from the antagonistic relationship with Russia. But at the end of the day, they both left their own shit alone. They didn't try to destroy each other. And that's where things have taken a dark, dark turn, because I I know that the United States has probably a more sophisticated military, but they have more sophisticated technology but no longer do we have superior numbers, no longer do we have uh, superior soldiers. I mean, take a look at what exactly has happened uh, to our armed forces, and uh, y- you'll see what I mean. I mean, military readiness is you know, the worst point it's been in decades. Uh, Russia, of course, is in, embroiled in the midst of uh, a proxy war in Russia, excuse me, in Ukraine. Um, but I still think that they have more missiles than anybody else can possibly imagine. John Mark Dugan is Bad Wolf. John Mark Dugan is a great guy. Uh, let me see. Liberty Bells says, take care, Zach. We I've I've you and all. Do. We love you and all do you do. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Mm. So I don't blame Tara Reed for going, but I'm worried about the characterization of her and uh her fight against Joe Biden. Clearly the the White House and uh their proxies in the mainstream media they're going to launch upon that and they're going to I think they're going to stick to that. All right. So, over the last several days, over the weekend, isn't that funny how on a holiday weekend where people are out there barbecuing, hanging out with family and friends, some of the most important things drop. Uh, We have Tara Reid defecting to freaking Russia. And then we have brand new Epstein emails, troves of never-before-seen emails, along with additional calendars, uh, which give us uh, a never-before-seen insight into Jeffrey Epstein's network of the rich and famous, which may or may not be a network of pedophiles. But, you know, uh, great minds think alike. They often say... And uh, birds of a feather flock together, and that's probably a little bit more uh, adequate uh, description there. But it includes people like Chris Rock, Peter Thiel, Richard Branson, and Arena Shake. I'm not familiar with who Arena Shake is, but the documents show show that that basically Jeffrey Epstein never stopped talking to the most wealthy and uh, and 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 privileged people on the face of planet Earth earth for years after he served over a year in a pretty cushy work release jail situation uh, for essentially pimping out underage girls. So these emails were revealed to the Daily Mail, uh, hundreds of pages in the file, uh, so we haven't even seen all of them. Um, But among the revelations, we learned that Epstein appeared to know personal details about the marriage of Bill Gates and his ex-wife, Melinda. We learned very recently that Bill Gates most likely was being blackmailed by Jeffrey Epstein. We also have a connection to magician David Blaine, as well as uh, uh, who had numerous dinners with Jeffrey Epstein. Now, I don't know that David Blaine did anything wrong, but he is a New York guy, isn't he? So it stands to reason that perhaps he had uh, maybe a closer association with Epstein than somebody who lived on the other side of the country. Essentially, it's uh, uh, more of the same, more of things we already knew. Presidents, prime ministers, royalty, famous people. Only this time, these are names not previously linked to Epstein. And uh, we have copious communications between them. Uh, and uh, let me see who else do we have here uh after Jeffrey Epstein got out of prison uh, and was uh labeled a sex offender for the rest of his life he, he was looking to rehabilitate his image and so he contacted dozens of powerful people uh, asking for meetings that includes that woman Arena Shake. I, I don't know who she is uh Chris Rock Wendy Murdoch and uh and then of course Richard Branson Wendy Murdoch I believe is uh somehow related to Rupert Murdoch maybe um uh, Rupert's wife or maybe one of his children Children. Um, Peter Thiel, uh, who was uh, Palantir's Peter Thiel. Also, uh, wasn't he half of the uh, founders of PayPal with Elon Musk? Uh, we also had Sean Parker, who was uh, one of the earliest investors in Facebook, an artist by the name of Jeff Koons. Of course, JP Morgan chief executive Jamie Dimon, which is interesting because Jamie Dimon claims that uh, he did not have any conversations or knowledge about Jeffrey Epstein as a client. He just testified to this, and it was refuted by the testimony of Jess Staley, who was the J.P. Morgan executive who brought Jeffrey Epstein in, for J.P. Morgan to do business with, uh, and they are all currently getting sued in the Virgin Islands for profiting off of the child trafficking that Jeffrey Epstein was engaged in. So Jess Staley left this chase at one point. He went on to to run Barclays, and and now he is a defendant in this lawsuit. But it's it's interesting that we have Jamie Dimon completely denying uh, any relationship with Epstein, But then uh, we also, at virtually the same time, discover that he had meetings planned with him at the very least. So uh, these files are are all part of that Virgin Islands case. And uh, it's interesting that it took this case right here to finally bring this stuff out. Um, We had, uh, of course, that notorious Black Book of Contacts, which we've seen before. We've seen the flight logs. I want to see these emails. I, I want these emails to be revealed publicly. Now, I'm not certain what the FOIA uh, request uh, information type, uh, information requests are, are like in, in the Virgin Islands. Um, but maybe that somebody out, th- out there knows about that. Maybe you can help me out with that because I will certainly do whatever I can to finally uh, get it. Of course, Prince Andrew and his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein uh, is um, is even more solidified. Uh, Andrew uh was used at, by Jeffrey Epstein at JP Morgan Chase uh to uh try to to uh, attempt to sway other wealthy individuals to try to let Jeffrey Epstein work with him um apparently he was trying to get JP Morgan Chase to work with Bill Gates on a 100 million dollar fund for elite donors uh that was uh, uh for a meeting that was going to take place in August of 2011 now as far as I know, Bill Gates has never admitted that before. Uh, we also have an email to Jess Staley, the man who just testified, uh, and senior banker Mary Aeroads. Uh, In that email, Epstein said that investors were wary of the bank because it was a quasi U.S. government arm. Epstein wrote, I am also aware J.P. Morgan has a colorful array of clients, so a client relationship is much less problematic than an institutional joint venture. That's kind of interesting. It sounds like JP Morgan Chase is having conversations with Epstein uh about how to kind of skirt the law. Epstein says people are worried about JP Morgan Chase because they're too close to the government. Maybe that's true. But at the same time that they're super close to the government, they're still doing business with some really scummy people. Epstein in uh is the case in point right here. Uh, Now, this email right here continues. Among the wealthy men that Epstein reeled off was, of course, uh, Prince Andrew. Uh, Epstein said he is now allowed to make money. He is now allowed to make money. What does that mean? Who is Epstein suggesting to that Prince Andrew be allowed to make money? That's how much power he had? The timing of that email— uh is uh kind of revealing because it suggests that Epstein knew intra- intimate details about Andrew's finances. Remember at right around this time he was in the process of getting divorced from uh Sarah Ferguson, former Duchess Sarah Ferguson. Uh, all of his finances were tied up with his ex-wife uh and uh and uh, you know he was close with her after the divorce, but their finances were still uh put together. Now, in May of 2010, Ferguson was caught in a newspaper asking for $550,000 for access to Andrew. That's how badly he needed the money. Uh, She told an undercover newspaper, that opens up everything you could ever wish for. I can open any door you want, and I will for you. All you got to do is pay me over half a million dollars and I'll give you the uh, phone number for my ex-husband. Uh, she, of course, said she later regretted it. Uh, she claims that she was in debt to the tune of $5.5 million and that's why she needed to get that paid off. Apparently, her relationship with Epstein wasn't paying off like it was for other people. Um also, uh, looks like there was uh, an agreement uh, that Epstein paid $17,000 to Sarah Ferguson's former PA, Johnny O'Sullivan, which helped to stabilize her finances. We also find in the emails uh, that J.P. Morgan, the email to J.P. Morgan came a month after that announcement, which made it clear that Andrew had discussed this and Ferguson's financial situation in depth with J.P. Morgan. And then in March of 2010, Epstein's assistant wrote, I still need to try and schedule for the Duchess for Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, and I have emailed her assistant, Amanda. The assistant, Amanda, appears to be Amanda Thirsk. She worked for Prince Andrew for many years. Uh, and Epstein replied, Duchess, anytime. Of course, he's going to make time for Sarah, Duchess of York. Um, so yeah, uh just basically it continues to solidify the relationship between many of the people that we already know, but with hundreds of pages of documents being included in this, we haven't seen those yet. Uh of course, David Blaine and Chris Rock might be people that uh, are uh, are are surprising to hear about. Uh but uh we see from the emails that David Blaine stopped by for dinner. With uh, Jeffrey Epstein, Uh, Jeffrey Epstein was also having dinner with a futurist by the name of Pablo Holman, probably one of his uh, 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 synchronicity buddies. Also, Jessica Joffe, who appears to be the actress of the same name. I'm not not familiar with her. Uh, Let me see what else. Chris Rock, maybe Chris Rock might be coming. So that that seems more like a, a tenuous connection. However, uh, Woody Allen is mentioned again, a special dinner at Epstein's house in 2013 with Woody Allen, Jeff Koons, and his wife, Justine. Woody Allen, who I will, again, never apologize for calling a perverted old pedophile uh, because he groomed and seduced his adopted Asian daughter, Soon-Yi Previn, who he then married and left Mia Farrow for. Uh, Of course, this was also after Mia Farrow apparently uh, kind of tacitly allowed the molestation of her other children at the hands of Woody Allen, a daughter and a son, both of which were probably the children of Frank Sinatra. Uh, But you'll have to read the book on that subject to get the background on it. Um, Looks like Chris Rock was in the calendar on a number of occasions. Uh, Of course, we knew about Bill Gates now. What's interesting about this one, I mentioned that uh, uh, apparently Epstein had additional information about the the status of Bill Gates's marriage. Uh, we talked uh, previously about the likelihood that Jeffrey Epstein was uh, actually blackmailing Bill Gates. Uh, Gates uh, apparently got – an email from Epstein, uh, which appears to show that he had knowledge of the tension within Gates's marriage, uh, and it was because of their specific friendship. Uh, of course, uh, she had stated publicly that she despised Epstein. Epstein, she didn't like to be around him, uh, and uh, of course, Gates's friendship with Epstein was a prime reason that she gave for the divorce. Although, of course, we do now know that Bill Gates was having an affairs with uh, at least one, if not many, other women. Now. Uh, We have another email from Gates to Epstein. Epstein claimed that Gates was terribly frustrated with how the talks were going, uh, and he suggested that J.P. Morgan let him work with wealthy clients and then possibly split the fees with them. So (laughs) once again, Bill Gates is hard up for money. And Epstein suggests bringing clients to uh, J.P. Morgan Chase. It sure seems like there is a very deep working relationship between Bill Gates and, uh, excuse me, between Jeffrey Epstein and, of course, J.P. Morgan Chase. Oh, look at this. Uh, Je- Epstein suggested that J.P. Morgan work with these wealthy clients. As he put it, "I cook it slowly, adding various ingredients, almost fully cook it." And then want to turn it over to you. So he probably brings people into this sick world of perversion and child uh, rape and and child trafficking, gets them to the point where they can't say no. And then he hands them off to JPMorgan Chase and says, guess what? You're going to invest all of your money with JPMorgan Chase. In another email, Epstein bragged, this will be very high profile. It will be the most exclusive of clubs. Though membership in the club could be known, the gifts can be given anonymously this will fulfill the wishes of many that have spoken to Bill about wanting to do things but not wanting the publicity. For example, another school, program, etc., may have expressed reservations that giving publicly would send a complex messages to those institutions that they already have close relationships with to that donor. So they're looking to obfuscate the sources of funding for a variety of different projects. I wonder if that has anything to do with uh, the current uh, disintegration of the United States. Uh, Back in uh, October of 2011, Epstein claimed that the fund talks were not going well. There was a 50, 50 chance of it working out down from 95 5. He ranted, this is about, this is not about social investing. Uh, At one point, email, an email from Epstein to Jess Staley at J.P. Morgan and Aeroads to complain that Bill Gates is the only person who counts. Apparently, he didn't think he could get this fund off the ground until Bill Gates was involved. And then he sought uh, to have contact with him and uh, get them to actually come on board. Now, uh, it turns out that that uh, that young lover that Bill Gates was connected to uh, is actually linked to a known spy for the Kremlin, a woman by the name of Anna Chapman. Uh, and uh, we already know that Bill Gates was being blackmailed by Jeffrey Epstein. It looks like there's a possibility he may have been uh, blackmailed by the Russians as well. Uh, Mila Antonova, uh, who was the woman that was Bill Gates's young lover. Um, now... In this article, we have evidence of a link between Antonova and that Russian spy I mentioned, Anna Chapman. And we also learn that Jeffrey Epstein tried to leverage his knowledge of Gates' relationship with Antonova in order to compel him to invest in that charitable fund that has been revealed in those emails we were just discussing. Uh, So Mia was 30 years his junior, 30 years younger. Looks like this is her right here. She looks like a little boy. Look at those hips. She's not uh, she's not too developed. Um, Wow. Well, uh, I guess that makes sense. When you know the type of uh, interest that Jeffrey Epstein had, this looks like a high school girl to me. Uh, So Antonova. In 2013, met Jeffrey Epstein uh, while she was looking for funding to start an online business, teaching people how to play bridge. And then in 2014, Anatova stayed at a New York Epstein apartment when she decided to become a software programmer. Epstein lent her the money for that. And then in 2017, Epstein emails Bill Gates asking him to reimburse him for the cost of those fees because he said, you're having an affair with this woman. And if you don't, I will expose it. Uh, And then of course, in 2019, Jeffrey Epstein was arrested and then murdered in his jail cell. So all a very twisted web of sickness and depravity happening in New York, Hollywood, in the world of banking, in the world of business. It is nothing, nothing new. Boise Blanc. Boise Blanc 89, thank you for that cookie. Uh, Two cookies, actually. Appreciate that. All right. Uh, Beautiful disaster. You, that makes me mad. These kids. Yeah, I think it should make everyone mad. You know, uh, I I feel like when you discuss something as, as horrific and traumatic as this, you have to be as brutally honest as possible because it needs to create rage in people. It needs To build up that visceral just anger that you feel when you understand what truly happened. You know, using soft language to describe uh, the way a a, a child was molested by an adult uh, or groomed or taken advantage of. You know, you you don't want to do that. Uh, You don't want to make it out to be anything other than what it is. It's a crime. It's a heinous, heinous crime. And it's a crime that uh, many people never recover from. Uh, And oftentimes those people will end up growing up. Well, not oftentimes, but at times people will grow up after they've been abused and they enter what's called the cycle of abuse. They they become abusers themselves. It's a tragic, tragic thing. And my heart goes out to anybody who was caught up in what Jeffrey Epstein was doing, especially when they were kids. Imagine being one of those young girls, 14 year old girl, you're making $2,000 at a time to come over and. Uh you know, give Jeffrey Epstein a naked massage, and he says, "I'll give you another two thousand dollars if you go bring a friend over okay well, you know nothing particularly has heinous has happened yet, but you know you're doing something wrong." But $2,000 is $2,000 to a 14-year-old girl. Uh, Those girls don't have the mental capacity. Those boys don't have the mental capacity to understand exactly what it is they're doing. And somebody like Jeffrey Epstein is going to use his money, his power, his privilege, his access to the most powerful people on planet Earth to get what he wants out of these kids. And that's exactly what he did. So Jeffrey Epstein, I hope you're burning in hell right now. All right. So, speaking of pedophiles, I have some more stories about Joe Biden here. Um John Kirby, who I mentioned earlier in the show, uh was uh asked point blank about Joe Biden's bribe allegations, uh the whistleblower charges, uh also uh, the fact that the majority of Americans believe that Joe Biden is corrupt. Uh let's I'm just going to go ahead and play this for you. This is from our friend uh Carly Bond. Uh, John Kirby denying that the Biden crime family. is a press office. the Biden crime family is a crime family. Let's listen.
1: person. Uh, the press office. You can ask you. I'll, well, I'll take that question. Why don't you ask okay. Me all me right. I'll, I'll go yeah, to my the my second own. one. I'll <laughs> ask you the press freedom Korean. and uh, John, I'll ask you the international polling question. Uh, There have been many developments in the House investigations into the First Family's international business dealings recently. Uh, There's one committee trying to get an FBI file alleging that President Biden took bribes. There's another IRS whistleblower who's alleging there's a cover-up in the investigation. Amid all of this, there was a Harvard-Harris poll this month that found that 53 percent of the public, including a fourth of Democrats, believe, quote, Joe Biden was involved with his son in an an illegal influence-peddling scheme. Uh, There's, of course, evidence that the president interacted with his relatives, associates from China, uh, Mexico, Kazakhstan, Russia and Ukraine. Uh, So what do you say to the majority of Americans who believe that the president is himself corrupt?
0: Okay. before we hear John Kirby's reply, he really laid it on there. These are things that we've been discussing and we've been trying to raise awareness about for years now. And here, a White House press secretary, excuse me, a White House reporter asking a press secretary about the allegations that we know to be true, that the rest of America is now just finally starting to learn the truth is seeping out. This, my friends, has been the goal all along to inform and educate the American public and force them to admit the criminal actions of the people who call themselves the leaders of this nation. What did John Kirby say? What do you think?
1: <laughs>
0: He's got nothing. President, the president, the president has spoken
1: to this. Uh, the president has spoken to this. Uh, and there's nothing to these claims. And as for the, 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 the whistleblower issue that you talked about and the, uh, um, and the the, the document, I, I, I believe the FBI has spoken to that. And
0: you're going
2: to have to go to them on that.
0: All right. Let's go. Let's go. Run. Run. No more questions. Yeah, the FBI has spoken to that. Uh, they've refused to hand over the investigatory paperwork, the uh, unclassified reports that the whistleblower gave to the FBI suggesting that Joe Biden was involved in a bribery scheme that Joe Biden was involved in a pay to play quid pro quo relationship. The FBI is now being held in contempt of Congress for refusing to give that information over. John Kirby, the American people are not stupid. We didn't vote for your resident. The majority of American people didn't vote for your resident. Eighty million people did not vote for Joseph Robinette Biden Many dead people cast ballots in Joe Biden's name, but even many of them, I don't believe, were even filled out by hand. I think that was electronically printed and signed. There are not enough people on planet Earth to elect Joe Biden to the office of the President of the United States. The people of this nation have witnessed firsthand the wholesale destruction of our country at the hands of an illegitimate leader. And John, John Kirby, history will remember you as the man who sat there and defended the actions of the indefensible. John Kirby will not be remembered fondly in history. And I don't blame you for running away, John. I don't blame you. Because in the same way that Tara Reid was worried about losing her life, forcing her to run away to Russia, I bet you your life would be in danger if you were to answer a question like that honestly. Now, good news on the Kevin McCarthy, Joe Biden debt negotiation plan. Uh in the Rules Committee, which is the committee that that, that agreement has to be brought to before it can be brought to the floor for a full vote of the House, uh, it passed seven to six. It nearly, nearly was not allowed out of committee. So clearly there are good people that are on there. Now, also, I want to address this. Somebody in my chat yesterday or in the statements in the comments said, oh, Republicans are communists and Marxists and Democrats are communists and Marxists. I agree with you. In uh, The spirit in terms of the parties, the monolithic entities known as the RNC and the DNC. They do not represent the people. They are interested in a whole sense. Uh, 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 They are interested in maintaining their own personal power and uh, this power sharing agreement that they have with each other. This is the uniparty. But within the Republican Party and within the Democrat Party, I think that there are certainly good people and there are American patriots. Uh, As we've seen, there have been Democrats who uh, were lifelong Democrats. They left the Democrat Party to come over to the Republicans. It remains to be seen how they're going to vote on an issue such as this. But all day, every time I looked at the story and updated it, the number of Republicans who are good Republicans, who are good Americans— even more specifically, the number of them that were not going to support this bill were increasing. Currently, we stand at 45 Republicans uh, who stand with the people of the United States and will not be supporting Joe Biden and Kevin McCarthy's flawed uniparty bill. Uh, Let's take a look at some of this information here. Not the same. What we asked for, $1.5 trillion in Congress oversight on how the government regulates the American people, lower energy costs and efficient regulations passed by the House in H.R. 1, common sense work requirements in Medicaid, SNAP, and TANF, getting rid of the $80 billion for weaponizing 87,000 IRS agents, removing Biden's unfair student loan bailout that hurts debt-free Americans like veterans and blue-collar workers, a $131 billion spending cut returning to pre-COVID spending levels and a cap on growth for 10 years. What did they get instead? Well, instead, they were uh, uh, allowed to spend an additional $4 trillion. This keeps fully intact. The IRA subsidies for leftist Green New Deal projects that benefit the pockets of rich elites and the Chinese Communist Party. Also, they kept Joe Biden's student loan bailout that is going to hurt debt-free Americans and benefit <clears throat> those in higher education. <clears throat> you know, I I I uh, I had somebody tell me that they were no longer going to watch my show because Joe Biden announced this uh, debt forgiveness program. I've been. I took student loans out because I, I went to uh, to college and I went to grad school, but I've been paying them off ever since I got out of grad school. And uh, at this point, uh, nobody in their right mind wants to take part in something like this. You know, if you end up getting this student loan relief, then the only way you're going to get it is because you apply for it. So If you don't want to add to the uh, heartache of Americans who have not chosen to get student loans and go to college, you don't have to. I just want to put that out there. Uh, Also, uh, they are giving more power back to the executive branch and uh, taking away regulatory frameworks. Uh, also, weak work reforms and no security at our southern border. They are funding 80 percent of the IRS, those 87,000 agents, which, of course, are going to target American families in the working class. And then more deficits, more government spending, more bureaucracy. We have an opportunity here to stop all of these things from happening because we have a majority in the House. But the fact that they're all going along with it should tell you everything you need to know about who actually is working for the American public. I think that Robinette was like uh, the last name of um, like his grandfather, like his maternal grandfather or something like that. So we've got forty five, forty five 45 Republicans who are not going to be going through with this. <clears throat> uh, also, the House Freedom Caucus has uh, suggested that they are ready uh, to vacate the chair. They are going to finally do what I suggested needs to be done yesterday. North Carolina Congressman uh, right here, Calvin, uh, what's his name? I'm sorry. Um, Well, this is the House Freedom Caucus anyways. Uh, uh, Dan Bishop, I'm sorry, it's Dan Bishop. He said that they are going to move to vacate the chair Uh, because of Kevin McCarthy's actions here. Uh, I don't know what the process is to vacate the chair, uh, but if they have 45 people who no longer want Kevin McCarthy to be Speaker of the House, uh, then uh, that may be enough to get it taken care of. Let's take a listen.
1: Um, Were the bill to go forward, would you file a motion to vacate the chair?
0: Look, we are focused. I'll let each member speak for themselves. But for me, I am focused on defeating this bill. What happens post that and the agreements that we have, we will decide once we we've determined the disposition of this bill and its finality. Yes, ma'am. All right. So not uh, a direct. Not a direct promise to do it. However, we do have some who have said that they are willing to do it. Uh, Dan Bishop is one of those people. He spoke with Steve Bannon earlier today. Uh, and of course, nobody is happy with Joe Biden. Here he is talking with Steve Bannon about vacating the chair, getting rid of Kevin McCarthy. Now, uh, let me just say this before I play it. Um, I had people, you know, asking if I thought perhaps, you know, this is all part of the hastening the destruction of the United States. I I honestly believe that it's a possibility. Um, but I think what's most important is the perception of what's actually taking place. If you're a person who believes in devolution, as an example, uh, you know, not everybody does. Not everybody would believe it if you told them that. Uh, And uh, I think for me, the end goal of all of this has been educating the most number of people and activating a majority of the American public. How do you activate those people? Well, you have to show them that the corruption and, and, uh, and, and the criminality is so rampant that you can't allow the system to exist anymore. If everyone believes that it's all secretly being taken care of behind the scenes, then the majority of those people are not going to be willing to stand up and do something about it. So what's important from my perspective is how it looks to everyone else. Kevin McCarthy looks like he's selling out America. Kevin McCarthy looks like he is uh, kowtowing to Joe Biden, bending over in the uh, House chambers and allowing the DNC and the communists to uh, have their way with him. So that's what's important. It looks like America is falling apart and it looks like it's being done by a uh, bipartisan nature with the Democrats and the Republicans doing it Together, so we need people pissed off. We need people getting up, getting off the couch, and going out and deciding to change the system. Let's take a listen. We now Correct. know from from Punch Bowl, uh, from Jake Sherman's telling us the voting is going to start late in the afternoon, uh, and it will go all the way through. Looks like eight thirty or midnight. it probably be a long
1: one, um, intense. Make them pass it with Democrat votes. Make them do that. It, and so you might say, "Well, well that sounds kind of like it doesn't." really help? no every republican you can pull off of that gives life to the promise or the possibility that we can reinstitute somehow the dynamic we started with if we take mccarthy out whatever the path is but those republicans have to avoid being destroyed themselves by voting for this if they do they're gone and if we don't and if we leave a majority of republicans in support of this that they're going to be laughing all the way to
0: They will they will be laughing all the way to the bank and the American people are going to remember that maybe just maybe these are the people in the Republican Party that we need to primary and get rid of. I see somebody in the chat suggesting uh, because this has been um, this has been an argument that I've heard on a number of occasions. Well, Trump backed McCarthy for Speaker of the House. So that means that we should be backing uh, McCarthy for Speaker of the House. I gave Kevin McCarthy a chance, and I think that he blew that opportunity just because President Trump has supported someone at one point in the past doesn't mean that he is sworn allegiance to that person until the time they die or that they leave politics uh, simply because they made an agreement. Uh, President Trump definitely threw his weight behind Kevin McCarthy. He probably was promised one thing or another. I mean, this is Washington, D.C., after all. I would imagine more than likely he was promised Kevin McCarthy's support. Uh, But now, what's Kevin McCarthy's support going to be worth when it looks to the American people? Like Kevin McCarthy is just sending many more billions of dollars to Ukraine, allowing 87,000 IRS agents to come after Democrats and Republicans, working class people everywhere, uh, and uh, and doing it in concert with the Democrats. Now, I think that what we have here— Uh, is an opportunity for people to wake up and once again to get so angry about the way the system is corrupt, so angry that they decide to go ahead and change it. Uh, Now, uh, I like the idea of vacating the chair. Maybe it was all about exposing Kevin McCarthy and having a brand new House speaker elected after Kevin McCarthy agrees to something horrible like this. Uh, once that happens, I would imagine that there could be additional restraints that are put in place or perhaps Congress could defund those IRS agents. It's not a done deal. Whatever happens at the end of the day, more can happen after it. So uh, also, uh, President Trump and the uh, the Trump family, uh, they uh, kind of backed Bud Light, said that um, in the wake of the Bud Light boycott that, you know, people shouldn't. Stop drinking Bud Light, maybe because it was, you know, at one time an American company. Maybe the Trump's own stock in uh, in anheuser Bush. I, I don't know for certain. Um, but I will tell you this, just because President Trump or Don Jr. says to do one thing, it doesn't mean that I'm going to follow along blindly uh, in the same way that, uh, you know, I was never going to take the vaccine. It reminds me of when that person said that impressionable people will watch me vaping and they'll go out and choose to start vaping too. Don't do anything because somebody else does it. I don't care what it is. If it's in your personal life, in your professional life, in your relationship, in, you know, when you go to church, you do your own research. And if you make a decision to do something, you own it as an adult. And you make that decision with full knowledge of all implications that could possibly arise as a result of it, with as much information as you possibly can. Never, never do something just because somebody else says to. And that uh, that's up to and including President Trump. You should be listening to God, of course, and then be listening to your own moral compass, which should be pointing true north at all times. Uh so yes, there we go. Personal responsibility. Exactly, Vector. Personal responsibility. Is this not America? I mean, are we not the party of personal responsibility? You make your own destiny here in America. You too can be successful. You can be you can be as successful as you want to be. Uh unless you are one of these protected classes that are put upon. Now, one place where that is not true, uh is in the hellscape of South Africa. Let me show you what they're doing in South Africa right now. Remember uh that uh the 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 narrative surrounding South Africa during my childhood was all about ending apartheid, uh getting rid of the uh Debor government, uh sending them back, you know, packing to uh to uh the Netherlands or whatever it might be. Um but then uh, once they got rid of apartheid, once they installed Nelson Mandela as leader of South Africa, the country slowly began to crumble because without those uh, those people that had been ruling South Africa for all those years, uh, they were no longer allowed to hold positions. They were no longer allowed to hold positions of power, you know, even in business and other areas. And they instituted a sort of uh, a racial hiring scheme. They they started giving all of the jobs to the uh, indigenous uh, black South Africans. They, they took away farms. They gave it to people who were not farmers and they didn't know how to manage that land and uh, everything has collapsed. They pushed white people into ghettos and uh, they essentially started treating them just as poorly as black Africans had been treated at one time under the apartheid government. Well, now guess what? They have actually reinstituted a form of apartheid. It forces companies in South Africa to ban non-black Africans from employment. That means that white Africans, white Africans are not going to be allowed to hold jobs or uh, any type of employment at companies. Many white South Africans, as a result of this, are just going to be forced to leave the country uh, because of this latest uh, uh, push to reinstate apartheid. It's one of the most astounding things. That I've ever seen. uh, It shows that the people of this nation learned absolutely nothing as they were being subjugated. And you can take a look right here in the United States of America. And this is exactly what they're trying to do here. They are creating these protected classes and removing white people from any sorts of protection. It can't be racism if it's against a white person. Can't be violence because that white person holds all of the power. Can't be intimidation. Can't be this. Can't be that. It is perfectly permissible here in the United States of America to attack, murder, kill, rape white people because that's the type of message they want to send. They want the United States to turn into a South African debacle. Mark my word, my friends. In certain places, they are going back to segregation. It is remarkably similar To what they're doing here in South Africa, Uh, the people who are running South Africa are totally racist and they have essentially forced millions of South Africans, white South Africans out of the nation uh, in just the last decade. Let's go ahead and take a look at what they're calling reverse apartheid, reverse racism. This is Coronation
2: Park, a squatter camp in Krugersdorp, South Africa. Although impoverished blacks in the region far outnumber their white counterparts, this camp is one of a growing number of townships populated mostly by Afrikaners, white South Africans. In the 19 years since the fall of apartheid, more and more whites are coming face-to-face with poverty and social meltdown. I'm sorry it's racist. I'm not a racist, but the blacks comes first, and then the whites. And even highly qualified Whites don't even get a position in South Africa. A controversial affirmative action policy sees blacks take precedence over whites on the job market, giving some people little choice but to move into tents and caravans in camps such as this one.
1: Apartheid was a problem, um, but this is the only country in the world where the majority has got affirmative action. America's got affirmative action, everybody's got affirmative action, but this is the country where the majority's got affirmative action.
2: Post-apartheid governments have struggled to achieve redistribution of wealth and economic growth, and formerly comfortable Afrikaners see themselves as victims of reverse apartheid. In spite of this, white South Africans still control most of the country's economy.
0: Reverse apartheid is the same as apartheid, okay? They are... They are discriminating against a different race. They are just discriminating against the race who had previously been the discriminator. Silverback 1983, good to see you, buddy. He says, what's up, Red Pill? Keep up the great work. I need the name of that gun t-shirt company, again, that you were wearing when I met you at GART. I believe that would have been Retro Rifle. That's who I'm wearing right now. Every single one of my button-up shirts has uh, Second Amendment messaging hidden inside of it. See if you can find it next time I'm uh, big on screen. But, yes, every shirt has a gun in it, and it's retro-rifle.com. Now, don't tell everybody that because those shirts sell out fast, and uh, you know that I uh, like to be able to wear them myself. All right. Uh, So, you guys, we're actually going to end it there because I have to get ready for my show tonight with Brad. We're going to be talking in depth about the history of defections and spycraft uh, that has been ongoing between the United States and and Russia for the better part of a century now. Uh, so please join us tonight as we dive into that discussion. Uh, I don't think that there, oh no, there are a couple of thank yous. Um, Boise Blanc, thank you again. Sean Joe, thank you. Porpoiseful, thank you. And then who cares, uh, says high five Zach and RPGF Robinette, the last name of his maternal grandmother. That's what I thought. The last name of his maternal grandmother. All right, you guys, uh, thank you very much for being here. I'm going to go ahead and pass out the gold pills right now and, uh, we'll go ahead and get you on your way. And I hope that you enjoy your evening and that I hope you can also join me. Tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern for another exciting episode of Occam's Razor, uh, my daily show on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then at 4 p.m., I'll be back on Badlands Media with uh, Adel and 412. Excuse me. Adel is 412 with Adel and Frank on taking it back. And uh, until then, I'll see you guys tonight. Good luck and God bless. Please don't forget to hit that like button. Please. Really, I need the likes. Hit the like. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.